I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome along to Humans of Speedway. I'm Ian Brannan. Now, this episode coincides with International Women's Day 2022. The theme this year is Break the Bias, all about gender stereotypes. And like it or not, Speedway is and really has always been a male-dominated sport, both on the terraces and on the track. However, are times changing? My guest in this episode is Katie Gordon, A rising star in British Speedway, a female rider, obviously, and uh, she's so far represented the Bellevue Colts as their mascot, and uh, for the last two years, including this year as we go into 2022, racing for the Red Car Cubs, but um, her aims in the sport are as big as everyone else's. She wants to go right to the top of World Speedway and break through not into just the leagues, but also into the world scene. And this is already happening elsewhere in the world. Denmark have named a female rider in the under-23s of the Danish national team, led by the great Hans Nielsen. The tide is starting to turn. So in this episode, we'll find out more about Katie's experiences, her aims, her ambitions, and some of the obstacles and things that she's come up against that probably, to be honest, a male rider would never have to contend with. We'll cover it all in this episode and find out more about her dream Speedway meeting as well, who'd be in her all-time 1-7 to and uh, all the rest of it. Coming up on this episode of Humans of Speedway, but it gives me great pleasure to welcome along in this episode to Katie Gordon. And Katie, well, let's, let's start first of all with how you got involved in the sports. What was your first sort of way in? Why Speedway? Where did it come into your life? My dad was riding bikes from a young age. Uh, started with trials and then moved to grass tracks. So then I obviously started going with him um, and then obviously just persuaded him to buy me a bike at the end of the day. And how did it feel then when you first got on on a, on a, on a motorbike? You, you obviously enjoy racing on motorbikes and in order to 
take Speedway up more. You, you, you were involved in the grass track side of it. So what was the attraction with Speedway? What was your first experience of, of, of Speedway, whether that's as a fan or, or as a rider? What, what got you over onto the shale? Um, well, at grass track, a lot of people were obviously talking about the Speedway and I'd never been before, so I didn't actually know much about it. And then I think at the age of about 11 or 12, I went to Bellevue for the first time and I watched just a meeting on a Monday night. I didn't know much about it. And then all of a sudden got really into it. And then my dad came into my room one evening when I was about, yeah, 12, I'd say, 13, and just went, I've bought you a Speedway bike. And I was like, oh, great, okay. So then uh, a couple of weekends after we went to um, the Wayne Carter mini track day, and I was the only girl there. Nobody knew who I was. I was very much an outsider of Speedway because I hadn't been around it and just got on the bike for the first time. And how did you find it? Because a Speedway bike is is quite a primitive machine in a way. They haven't really changed over the years, have they? And uh, very basic. They are quite uncomfortable to ride. You know, you, the way that you, you have to sit, it's it, different experience to probably what you'd experienced up to that point. Yeah, definitely. With Grass Track, we had quite big, comfy seats. Um, and we weren't when I was racing grass track I wasn't really sliding it I wasn't because it's obviously a lot harder and then when I started 125 with the speedway bike the seat was a lot more like a lot um, more harder and obviously because they don't want you to sit on the seat so my dad made it as like hard as he could so that I wouldn't be sat on it and I'd be moving forward but then obviously having to turn yourself in one way whilst trying to use both your arms to steer but at the same time you you need to keep one elbow up so there's a lot there's a lot going on and you've obviously got to concentrate on what your feet are doing so there is a lot going on and it is it was a lot different for me when I first started but obviously now I'm used to it (laughs) (laughs) um the Wayne Carter school has been mentioned a few times um, on this podcast, um, there's been plenty of names gone gone through there, and we spoke to Josh Orty a little while ago, and obviously he was one of the products a number of years ago. But more recently, uh, the likes of Jordan Palin, for example, would be one. Uh, Jordan Jenkins, of course, um, you'll know very well from from Red Car in particular. Um, all of these riders have have come through the, this this Wayne Carter School, which certainly seems to be, um, you know, it's a definite place where talent begins i think in in british speedway so many riders no matter where they're from in the uk seem to sort of find their way there that's where i first went because i hadn't heard of anywhere else that had really been doing any training days i wasn't very comfortable on a speedway bike even though i'd had the experience of a grass track bike but then wayne carter was the first person to put me on my 500 because he had bikes there and we were on a main track day i was just on my 125 doing going around doing some laps and stuff and then he was like oh Katie I want you to go on this 500 okay like brilliant like the adrenaline was going it was great and then ever since then Wayne has really helped me like if I go to his training days now he'll get me to do loads of things and obviously he's got a helper called Jeff who um has helped me a lot as well he works closely with Wayne on the training days and uh, gets the cones out so at the starts he'll make sure that I'm keeping my feet in the air rather than dropping them too early and just things basic things like that that can cause uh, such a small thing can cause such a big impact on a race meeting 
So, yeah, they are extremely helpful people and I don't think I would be where I'm at now without them. Let's talk about the um, the obvious question and, and the obvious difference in that you are a female um, speedway rider, um, which is something that's reasonably unique. Um, you know, whether that's a good or bad thing, I, I suspect it has its benefits and, and, and drawbacks. But we don't have... Um, and 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 I and I don't want to second guess you here, but I, I suspect that you actually prefer um, the element of of going up against the guys because there's no reason you wouldn't. Because as we talked about, mental um, fitness is is one thing. You need a good degree of physical fitness, of course, but it's not it's not out and out fitness. Obviously, the bike is doing a lot of the work and skill and technique um, come a lot into it. What how do you think racing alongside the guys and, and coming through the, the whole youth system as anyone else would in Speedway has benefited you? Because rather than having a separate, say, female league, if, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so I I actually, I absolutely love racing with the guys because ever since the age of nine, when I started grass track, that's all I knew. I didn't know anything else. So um, coming through the youth system was great because uh obviously I got to race a lot of different people from a lot of different places but at the same time I got to beat them and I got to see their reaction when I did and it's not it's not it's funny for me to see as a woman in a speak in a in obviously a male dominated sport but the frustration that some of them would have was um was very entertaining for us because that obviously no one wants to be beaten by a girl at the end of the day but if I'm better than you then that's what's gonna happen but yeah I've had a lot of um males be very angry and a lot of them won't look at me on the racetrack as a female so will race me as close and as aggressively as they would a male which I expect at the end of the day because I wouldn't expect anything else so yeah I've had quite it's been it's been very entertaining for me to say the least but I, I just love it because even though if we did have a female league I'd obviously love to be part of it and I'm doing the the British Women's um, Nora Championships in the Isle of Wight this uh, this season hopefully so that'll be nice and interesting for me to be able to race against women because it's not something I do very often I have come across a few females um, like Rachel Hallowell and Francesca and Taya but other than that and Becky Weston, who now no longer rides. But other than that, I haven't experienced anything but racing with the guys. So yeah, I do. I do really enjoy it. It's, it's what gives me the thrill for racing. This um, move by Denmark, who have got quite a few female riders, haven't there? And they've got um, Maya Armand, who has been added to the the full under-23 squad by Hans Nielsen this year. And Hans Nielsen has just been saying exactly what you've been saying, that, you know, it's it's all about skill and mental capacity and everything else as much as it is anything else. And there's no reason why a woman couldn't get into the Speedway Grand Prix series. Are we at the dawn of a, a new era now that this kind of taboo almost of, well, women can't do it for whatever reason in a, in, in a sport dominated by men that women can't do it has been proved wrong that actually Hans Nielsen's here leading this charge on an, on now an international level. Yeah, um, I definitely think Hans Nielsen has obviously done something really amazing. Obviously that's going to change the whole aspect of the sport at the end of the day because as you've seen it throughout the years of Speedway, there hasn't been many females and 
not necessarily sometimes they're not given as much as a chance as the males which is obviously quite sad to see because if they have the ability and they have the mental state for it then they're going to be as good as the guys but just because they're seen as a female and not as aggressive or not um just not as like powerful or they've not got the strength they have to train harder like Hans Nielsen's done something great there and I believe that that is definitely going to change the way Speedway looks at it because he's a guy that a lot of people do look to, look up to at the end of the day I remember meeting him uh, in Poland in the uh, pits in the I think it was the 2018 Speedway Grand Prix final and he was such a lovely guy and as soon as I told him I raced he was very welcome very nice so hopefully it'll put more into other sports being more accepting of females um in a male-dominated sport the international women's day in 2022 is all about um defeating the the stereotypes as as much as anything else um and i think in, in probably in speedway you you've come up against that um a number of times i imagine what sort of pigeonholes have you been put in over the course of your relatively short career so far? It'd just be things like I'd turn up in the van. Most of the time, they'd be the marshals who were at the gate would be like looking more in the van to see if there was a little kid in there, like a little boy in there that's going to be out riding. And it'd be things like, oh, um, I'm going to have to escort you to the toilets in the pits because we don't actually have female toilets. And I'm like, oh, great. So I can't. I can't walk around freely because I need someone to escort me to a toilet sort of thing. Um, and we've seen a lot of it just generally being like, oh, are you the girlfriend? Oh, that's nice to see. Like, And I'd be like, no, like, I'm actually here to ride. Like, My name's in the programme, like stuff like that. And it's just, it can be really degrading being called like the girlfriend of one of the riders because that's not something that I'd get involved with personally. But um because they obviously riders have no time but um at the end of the day I'm I'm not being seen as a rider by a lot of people but it'd be just the likes of if I if I had family in the crowd and I after a meeting went to walk around to see them I'd still be dressed and the stares I'd get and the people looking at me be like what like I don't understand like there's a female and all this but then at the same time you get the younger children being so interactive with you because they've never seen it before so they're like oh my god like can I have a like I have stickers and stuff obviously like the younger people like giving them out but yeah the fact the stuff like I have to be escorted to the toilets or I have to get changed in the toilets rather than the changing rooms stuff like that's just really not great but at the same time like it is a male dominated sport it is a rarity that a female does go to a track and races so i just change my ways to fit theirs so i'll get changed in the van so i don't have to bother them or i'll i'll find a toilet elsewhere like that i don't have to be escorted to yeah they can be really frustrating for us and obviously my dad and my mechanics see how much it frustrates us but yeah at the end of the day that's what happens yeah we we live in a, in a different era now and you know, you're not the first female speedway rider. There, there have been spe- female speedway riders down the decades. They, they never really cut through. But I mean, even Ivan Majors uh, was Ivan Majors' niece, Jackie Major. She was a rider. You know, so we're talking that you know, even the most well-known families, the well-known names in speedway, have have had speedway riders come from their families into the sport, and still there's no provision 
uh, among these tracks is probably a bit of a surprise, really. Yeah, it is a massive surprise to me because, as you said, I'm not the first female Speedway rider. I'm not the first female to do like Speedway in general. So at the same time, they should obviously be now adapting and being more welcome to females because putting a block on female... Like, if someone, a new female came and they found out that there was no toilets for them and all these things and they had to get changed in a cupboard and stuff like that, it's going to be really off-putting for them and they're not going to enjoy it. Whereas, because I'm so used to it now, it doesn't really affect me and I find ways to get around it. But things should definitely be changing in the stadiums and having more provisions for women toilets and, like having a changing room where women feel more comfortable to get changed in because I'm I'm sure a lot of the women if they did get on the team especially me I wouldn't be feeling comfortable getting changed in front of my teammates if majority were, were men so like definitely having to start changing things would be brilliant to see and and you are not the only female speedway rider in Britain right now, as we'll we'll talk about more. You know, th- there are a number coming through, and of course there are many more around Europe now, and particularly Denmark and, and and so on, as we mentioned. But to the best of your knowledge, then, and certainly in your experience, have you ever been offered dedicated actual proper female changing at any track? that you've ridden in. I'm not talking about a side room or a medical room or or whatever else they've put aside, but actual proper female changing. Does it exist in Speedway? Any track I've been to, there hasn't been any female changing rooms at all, which for me is a bit like, mm, great, like, oh, I know exactly where I'm getting changed. So, yeah, not I've not seen any in the pits with a female and a male toilet either. I'm not seeing that either. So I guess when more females come through, that's when everything will have to start changing. And what sort of message do you think that you send out to the sport? You know, and what was your intention there? Because you are doing something different, a bit of a trailblazer. And I'm saying you're not the first um, female speedway rider ever, of course. We know that. But you are pretty well known at this moment in time in this country for being a female speedway speedway rider and i know that you've got big ambitions uh, of of where you want to take that which we'll talk about very soon but what do you hope that you achieve um not just on the track but off the track in terms of the attention that you bring to sport and maybe bringing more females through the gates and and maybe young young females growing up see you and and are inspired by that and maybe want to have a go themselves yeah Definitely. My whole aim when I started being obviously more popular in Speedway just by people obviously being fascinated by the fact I was a female in a male-dominated sport was to just generally get more female involved. Um, And the likes of Becky Weston, who used to ride, she saw me at Red Car for the British Championships final. And from there, she went and bought a bike and things like that. But every time I speak to a young person, like especially young girls, I'll always be like, when's your dad going to buy you a bike? When's your mum and dad going to buy you a bike? And they, the parents look at me in shock, like, oh, goodness, I don't think I could ever imagine my daughter on a bike. But at the same time, if they're watching me doing it, seeing that I can do it and females are more than capable of doing it, then it's going to persuade them to buy a bike or persuade them to come watch and... I like a lot of people just because I'm a very sociable person at Speedway. I like speaking to people. I like speaking to the crowd. Um, so, 
yeah, there a lot a lot of them are men, and that's because it is again a male dominated sport and has always been and. And obviously males are necessarily stereotypically seen to like motorbikes more than females. But at the same time, there are still females there watching, which is great to see. Usually some are mostly the younger generation. Um, so yeah, my aim is definitely to get more females in, interested in Speedway. You're listening to Humans of Speedway. I'm joined by a young rising star and she is... Katie Gordon. We're going to find out more about her ambitions in the sports over the next few years or so. And we'll also find out who would make her dream Speedway team all on the way here on Humans of Speedway. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Humans of Speedway. I'm Ian Brannan. My guest in this episode is another rising star, Katie Gordon. At the time of uh, recording and releasing this, it's International Women's Day 2022. And the whole focus of that uh, in this particular year is breaking the bias and, and getting rid of those those stereotypes, really. And I think Speedway perhaps um, certainly is a sport that, uh, that can say that really it is known for being dominated by men. But um, there, there is change afoot. And um, Hans Nielsen has named the first female um, to, be, to be named in a, in a national side in the uh, under-23s. And Katie Gordon certainly looking to follow in her footsteps. Now, um, Katie, you, you're still relatively young. You're, you're, uh, you're, you're down with the social media and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and I think that's an area that Speedway really can benefit from. You know, the power of these platforms, particularly TikTok and Instagram, they reach all sorts of places. And do you know what? It doesn't actually have to cost you any money either. It's just all about good content. And I think, you know, you can do that. And, and I think all riders, whoever you are, all riders should be on that this season. Get on TikTok, show people what you're doing, uh, you know, day in the life of all this kind of stuff. Get on there and do it and share it because people will pick it up in the most bizarre places around the world. And, you know, it will advertise Speedway. It'll advertise you, but it'll advertise Speedway in general as well. Um, and that's something you're pretty good with, I think, isn't it, Katie? You know, social media, you're big on there. And that's sort of part of your success, really. And why you're well known is because you, you do share updates of, of the stuff that you're doing. Yeah, definitely. I My biggest site is my Facebook page. Um, I have quite a few followers on that. But again, they're from all, all over the world. Like, all over the world. I got loads of people messaging me, asking for, like, autograph cards and stuff like that, just because it's so unusual for them to see. 
and they're interested in Speedway, then they're, they're wanting to message me, they're wanting to tell me things, they're wanting to inform me about other female riders and stuff like this. And yeah, definitely promoters now need to start looking at things that are more like, yeah, going on to TikTok. Like people get massive, massive amounts of views on TikTok for the shortest thing second video you could imagine but if it's informative enough or interesting enough then that's what helps them along and definitely using the likes of Instagram and Facebook to obviously engage more people. Instagram seemed for obviously the young generation as maybe so is TikTok which is then benefiting them because if younger people start seeing it then obviously they're going to get a younger basis of people coming in uh, which would be great for us to see. Um, and yeah, they promoted that to start looking into the wider options of how to promote the sport because at the end of the day, the whole as you look if you look at the crowd, a lot of them are um older generations of people and like they're obviously trying to bring three people through, like bringing family through, but at the same time, if you're not if your granddad wasn't involved with it, then it's unlikely that you'd ever think to go to a speedway track. So by engaging with more people in the wider social media platforms it be beneficial for the for speedway just in general and for you as well you know you, yes you, you're a part of of teams and 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 all this kind of stuff but you know, it gives you now and all riders the, the power to be your own promoter uh you know for, for your sponsors you know, for other clubs to notice you, for other promoters to notice you and, and get your word out there. You know, you've got this power at your fingertips now, which is, you know, riders 20 years ago or even less than that didn't have that, did they? Yeah, definitely. Um, I like to try and keep my uh, social medias engaged as much as I can. Uh, obviously, over the past few months, I've had literally nothing going on just because of the weather. So I've been really struggling to obviously keep them alive but if I do post something like I always make an effort to post it when people are going to see it I make the effort to make sure that it's something that people want to look at because if it if it's a load of writing on a page nobody wants to read it after they've read the first few lines or the same picture over and over again it's like having to change things up a lot of the time I do a lot of videos for sponsors rather than just like the photo of their like their uh, badge or whatever they want me to market for them. I usually go down, like, see them, video with them, put it online, and there's a lot of engagement. So as I'm also promoting myself as much as I can, I'm also promoting the companies that are, are helping me out, which is what I see as most important, because if you don't keep them happy, then they're, they're not going to want to support you because they, they, you aren't doing anything for them. So a lot of speedway riders, you have to promote yourself. You have to put yourself out there. If you don't, then nobody will know who you are necessarily, especially if you're not a big rider. Like, I'm I'm only in a junior league, but I can still say I have a big following of people just because of the fact that I'm obviously an unusual thing to see in speedway, but I also try and keep everyone as engaged as possible. Um so yeah it's definitely beneficial for yourself if you do yeah and, and keep doing it because undoubtedly it makes a difference and it gets your name out there and you know sometimes it can be a slow burner but 
you never know who these uh, posts are going to fall into the into the hands of, and um, and and you know that could be the the thing you need with a sponsor or um, or a promoter or, or whoever it might be to to just uh, bear you in mind. Um, let's talk about your speedway then this this year and and sort of last year as well, I suppose, but over recent times, your actual racing because you've been uh, uh, a mascot for. The Bellevue Colts. So you've done plenty of laps around the National Speedway Stadium, and that's sort of your your nearest track to your home. Um, and you've also been racing for Red Car as well last year um, in the in the Junior League for the for the Red Car Cubs, and you're back there this year as well. But I mean, two two great tracks to uh, to learn your craft on. Yeah, definitely. I was obviously with the Red Car Cubs last season, which was my first time being in like, like a proper like Junior League. Um, and everyone at Red Car is so helpful, uh, so helpful. The track's always prepared lovely. Obviously, Bellevue again, they've always been really helpful to me. And that, the, the opportunities I've had at Bellevue are absolutely amazing. Um, so, yeah, by coming from going around Bellevue a lot to moving to Red Car, um, is, it is still, I, I see it as probably one of the best tracks in Britain for me, as I see Bellevue as well, very two of my top favourites. But yeah, um, I just, it's just a track that it looks easy and it, it could be easy, but the way you ride it is definitely tricky because even though it looks quite flat, it's banked at the sides. So like you're having to, it's quite a technical, track for an easy track if that makes sense because it is a lot of a lot of riders do like red car just because it's prepared really nicely and things like that so, so yeah i'm excited for this season um and it should be good because we've also got the teesside tigers joining us as well so yeah it should be a really interesting season for myself and i'm hoping to just yeah get my name out there a bit more and obviously progress as much as i can and what's your aim uh, really, in, in the back of your mind, you know, what's the agenda, the, the, the competitions that you're particularly looking out for, looking forward to? What's what's your personal aims, really? My personal aims, obviously, I want to, ha- I want to wear the number one bib this season. Uh, I, I wear bib number three um, in our group because there's three of us. So it's me, Kieran and Alex. Out of the three of us, I wear bib three, um, which, yeah, my level of riding would be bib three against them but at the same time i'm better than them so i want to be riding the number one bib this season and also to just have more acknowledgement with uh the national league clubs um definitely because that is a goal of mine and my my main 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 goal is to be world champion by the time i'm 25 so even though it seems like a long way away it's not really so wow <laughs> uh, that that that's a name i've had for a long time um it's just an age i came up with because i was like oh well i don't know what i'll be doing then i could be doing anything but if i'm gonna stay with speedway then that's that's the aim i want to be so um yeah i definitely want to maybe get some acknowledgement from abroad as well um so i basically have got to work my ass off this season otherwise i'm not getting anywhere with this so yeah it's gonna be yeah they're my aims of this season definitely just to get more acknowledgement from a different clubs that may be interested in me in the coming seasons and just things like that so yeah definitely gonna be an exciting season 
So throw the gauntlet down there then. Who's going to be the first team manager or first promoter to put a female rider, ideally yourself, from, from your point of view, of course, in one of the top three league teams uh, you know, in the National Development League Championship Premiership, who's going to be who's going to be the first to do it, and and who's going to be the first rider? And and obviously, you'd hope that you you would be that person. Yeah, and obviously, I'd hope I'd be the first female rider in uh, a national league. Um, but I, I, that's a very tricky question. I don't know. Uh, I've had a lot of engagement with Bellevue. Um, and I'd love for them to put a female in because obviously they're one of the biggest stadiums. It's obviously the National Speedway Stadium, so that would be very interested, interesting, and that'd be probably my top, top one. But then again, Red Car have been very supportive. Uh, obviously, I've ridden them or will be riding them for the second year now, uh, so I'd like to hope they'd keep me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really not sure, really not sure, because obviously none of them have done it and they've had the chance to do it. So yeah, but I think, to be fair, I think Birmingham have had a few girls in their National League, but not for very long uh, when they did have one. But I think it was just second halves, maybe. I'm not sure. But I know, I know two girls definitely rode with Birmingham, but at the same time, I don't think it was at the level of Bellevue and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm really, I'm really not sure. I'd like to hope it's me that they pick for the first time, but you never know. Okay, well, there you go. That's the gauntlet thrown down to Jade Mudgeway and Mark Lemon. Uh, now he's in charge of the whole kingdom, of course. You know, you can make this happen. Uh, let's see how it goes, though. It, you know, it, it you know, it'd be fantastic to see. And I know that Phil Lanning, uh, when we spoke to him, and, and he said it actually a couple of times on, on a couple of other podcasts that I've done with him, um, that, you know, we've seen it with darts, you know, Fallon Sherrick, and what a big thing that was when she was taking on the guys on the world stage in the darts. You know, everybody was tuning in. Um did wonders for the sport. So many people, you know, had an interest all of a sudden in, in a sport that they never really cared anything about because here was a girl taking on the guys at this this game that they've dominated forever. And you know, you, you, we could have the same thing with you know, you, likes of yourself and and any of the other females that that come on the block and do it against the guys. It's going to be a, a massive thing when it happens, and it is going to happen because it is happening. We're just waiting for that curve to get there. See, that changed a lot of aspects for a lot of sports, I think, just because they'd seen, again, such a male-dominated sport, have a female come in and absolutely smash the lads. Then it's like, there you go, like, women can do it. And at the end of the day, we can do that in Speedway. And I'm excited to see whether it'll happen because, obviously, I I don't want to stay at a, a low level for the rest of my life. I want to, obviously more and more progress like I'm going to be the next Dan Budley of Bellevue being the number one in the premiership because I have the capabilities to do it it's just I'm obviously still learning a lot and obviously a lot of the boys started Speedway from a, a younger age than I did so I've come in quite old to be honest so I'm still learning a lot and this season's obviously going to help me a lot because I have a lot of people who can help me and then I'm going to I, I want to be one of the best but not one of the best as necessarily a female, just generally one of the best speedway riders in the country. Because even though it is unique being identified as 
a female in a male-dominated sport, I don't want to be seen too much as a female in a male sport because then it takes away the whole aspect that I am number one, but I am a female sort of thing. So, yeah, it. I think, yeah, a lot. It needs to change definitely. Um, but yeah, Fallon helped that a lot because um, she obviously did amazing things, and obviously I want to be the next one. Well, absolutely. Why not? And and you mentioned you got a lot of people helping you. Who who have you got in your corner? Who are, who are, is your support crew? Because we speak to the riders; they've all got you know whether it's family member or whether it's ex riders or whatever doing their their engines and stuff. Who's who's been helping you behind the scenes? So obviously, I have my dad Graham and my mechanic John. They're my main two people. Uh, I've got Jeff Howarth that does my engines. Who's Kyle Howarth's dad? Kyle Howarth's dad. Kyle Howarth helps me out a lot. Um, Definitely taught me a lot about how to have my clutch, how what plates to put in and just stuff like that. And then I've got the likes of Adam Roynan, who's obviously been very helpful to me. He came along a couple of years ago, started helping me when I moved on to the 500s and is going to continue helping me because he's obviously um, around now. Um, and then um, obviously I've got a lot, generally a lot, a lot of people just like to help me. I've got Jeff and Wayne at Scunthorpe. Uh, John Iam does obviously all my bikes apart from the engines. So he's he's very much teaching me all about that. Um, and then, yeah, just general people. Like I went to a training day at Bellevue with Max Frick and Charles Wright and got the chance to speak to Max Frick and ask him, what am I doing wrong? What do I need to change? And he was very helpful. So... When when speedo riders see me and they see me like being okay and doing good and then they want to help so then they'll be like oh next time Casey just go out and do this and I'd be like never spoke to you before never expected you to speak to me because you're obviously in your own mindset especially all the speedo riders at racing but then they come over and they go oh just next time change this and I do it and it's just so beneficial to me but something I'd never think of like I think one of my best moments in speedway was. I was at Bellevue um, going round before the meeting just as the mascot and Jason Doyle was stood at the gate watching me and actually clapped after I end like after I came past the um the like the gate and that was something I'd remember forever because even though he didn't speak to me, he just clapped like I was like, Oh my goodness, like he's watched me, he knows that I'm okay at it, like stuff like that, just really small things. Um, but yeah, definitely, like Kyle Howarth helps me a lot. His dad obviously does my engines, and then Adam as well. So yeah, very beneficial to me. Yeah, and of course Adam Royden will be, uh, as you mentioned there, even more help because he's racing for Red Car this uh, this coming year. So he's going to be um, going to be on hand even more. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to to see it because last year, though, as much as obviously, like. It, it was obviously beneficial for me to be riding for the Cubs and getting lots of track time. I didn't have anyone necessarily there that was a rider that I knew that would definitely help me out. Whereas this season, I know for a fact that I have Adam there and Adam obviously will help me. Um, so that's just great for me now that I actually have someone there that is seen as a professional to be able to help me. And you mentioned there about, you know, some of the, your, your great moments. What what are the other sort of big scalps that you have in your mind or, uh, or you know, your, your highlights, if, if you like, from your career on a Speedway bike so far, the ones you look back on and, I don't know, you probably get that experience of, 
euphoria or whatever and you think well you know that was a good moment I like I'd like more of them but what are those moments that you look back on in your mind uh yeah definitely when Jason Doyle was at the pit gate at Bellevue that was something I'd always remember and then um just really small things like really small things like winning at Scunthorpe in the 125 winter series a couple of years ago when just racing against people that I wouldn't usually beat, like a race I had with Rachel Hallowell at Redcar. And I took lines I'd never taken before that were definitely risky and could have caused me a lot of injury, but managed to beat her at the end of the day going across the line. Just really, really small things that I look back on that were, obviously I've not done anything great. I've not won a world championships. I have not done any of this, but... Just, yeah, just little things like um, after winning a certain, after Bellevue uh, British Youth, my last round in the 500s at Bellevue, um, like my dad giving me a hug at the end of it because I'd done so well. Just really small things that have been massive for my progress in racing. Like, yeah, definitely just, just the little things that count. Katie Gordon is our guest on this episode of Humans of Speedway, a rising star in British Speedway and, of course, a female Speedway rider. There are many coming through across Europe, already breaking into the under-23s national side in Denmark. Are we on the cusp of females breaking into the top few leagues in British Speedway? Time will tell, but Katie certainly hopes to be the first. And uh, we're going to find next about her dream Speedway meeting. Who would be in her dream team, her favourite track, favourite stadium and much more. All on the way on Humans of Speedway. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to Humans of Speedway. I'm Ian Brannan. Don't forget, if you haven't already, hit the like, follow, subscribe, wherever it is button on the app that you choose, because then you won't miss any future episodes as and when they arrive. My guest in this episode is Katie Gordon, who um, races in the junior leagues for um, the Red Car Cubs and did last year and will be doing in 2022 and also a former mascot of the Bellevue Colts and um, certainly aiming to break through into uh, British Speedway's top few divisions. Um, Right now we're going to find out about what a dream meeting would look like though as we do in every episode we ask all our uh, guests the the very same questions and uh, the first question is always 
which track would you choose? If you can have your dream meeting, okay, all the rules are out the window, really. Uh, you can do whatever you want. Um, but if you're going to race on one track, just the surface, the shale, we're not bothered about anything else around the stadium, just just to race your bike on, which track would you choose? I think I'd have to pick red car. I think that would be my top track. Just there's something about red car that the way they prepare it, there's it's just always perfect. There's nothing necessarily, there's no big rock, big hole that if you hit, then you're coming off. But yeah, something about, I like the banking at Red Car. I've spent a lot of time at Red Car, so I know the track very, very well. Um, yeah, I think I'd have to pick Red Car. It is a good track, is Red Car. It, it really is. And as you say, always well prepared, but the shape, you know, it, you've got the bank corners, nice straights. It's not the biggest track in the world, but, you know, it always manages to li- deliver. And even I've seen meetings where, you know, even if red car are getting hammered, you know, as long as you get to sort of heat nine or ten, there's always a chance of a comeback. You know, there's always something left in the track. It's not, I've, I, personally, I've never seen a meeting where it's all done and dusted and it's been processional. There's always been a sting in the tail somewhere in the meeting. I've seen some great meetings there and a lot of good riders going round it, but the ones that know the track are definitely the ones with the advantage. Because some people can go there, the best people can go there, and I know a lot of the best people can ride anywhere, because that's how you need the speed and mental attitude, is I ride anywhere, I'm good anywhere, I don't, I like all tracks, all, all sort of thing, but there's definitely some characters at, at Red Car who can ride it a lot better than others. Yeah, and experience usually counts as well, you know, you see those riders that have got that that experience of the years, you know, Scott Nichols or Hans Anderson, whoever, and, you know, they just know exactly where to put it. But there's so many lines. I think that's, you've got that home advantage. That's how you get that little, you know, those little tricks sometimes to uh, to cause a surprise. Um, which stadium then would you would you put Red Car's track in uh, just to give it, um, you know, a few extra seats and what have you for the atmosphere? But uh, where, would you, where would you put that track if you could? I'd have to put Bellevue in it. I'd have to use Bellevue Stadium, going there and having the luxury of the the pits being very nicely set out. Like, the, obviously, I've been in the changing rooms, but obviously I don't use them. I've been in the changing rooms, just the facilities upstairs where you can obviously, like, eat there and sit in and have a, have a couple of drinks, whatever. And then, obviously, you've got the stand um, with the chair which is obviously great and then you've got the south stand which people can choose to stand up which if I go to watch a meeting I pick the south stand because there's more I feel like there's more of an atmosphere so it it very much accommodates for everyone so you have the people that want the the atmosphere on the south stand where people still have atmosphere in the stands but it's more relaxed like that's usually like nice for people just to sit and watch sort of thing so yeah i definitely have to use bellevue okay so the red car track in uh, the national speedway stadium stadium at bellevue um who would be in your all-time one to seven then this is your team you're putting out to represent you in your dream meeting who, who's going to be in it um obviously go for ivan major i couldn't i couldn't not have him in my team um i'd go probably ty wuffenden i think I watched him in, I think, 2018 in Poland. And he, I think it was, yeah, the final in Poland when he uh, won. And he came off and managed to then 
come back out and break things. Um, um, I picked Dan Budley. I think he is just pure entertainment for a team, pure entertainment. Uh, I watched him at Bellevue for a couple of years now and you're always, either if he doesn't make a great gate and is at the back, will always try his best to make it to the front, without a doubt. Um, he's definitely not shy and definitely coming back from such a big injury and being on top form is great to see. I'd have Jake Allen from Red Bull. Um I watched him last season and he was someone that never gave up. Never gave up. Um, I had Sam Masters because he went round Redcar um, on a training day and me and my dad were watching him and I don't think I've ever seen anyone ride like that at all. Um, like, just unbelievable. Like, absolutely unbelievable. He was just like, he kept his front wheel up in the air all the way down the straight till halfway around the corner when he decided to put it back down again and then put it back up again. Like, it was... I've never seen anything like it. Like, me and my dad just stood there in amazement. Like, he, it wasn't slow either. It was... Oh, it was amazing. And then... Um, probably Barter Smarzik. He, he's pretty good, but I like him. He, he has a lot about him and obviously world champion. And then... I think I'd have Tom Brennan. I think Tom Brennan, it's safe to say, at the young age he is and can call himself a world champion like through the Speedway Nations is a an amazing thing. Like, not many people can say that at such a young age. So, yeah, I definitely, again, watched Tom Brennan last year and, yeah, it was amazing to see how good he was just obviously and how quick he adapted to everything um obviously being the rising star at Bellevue he had a lot to prove for himself so yeah definitely someone I'd obviously like to carry on watching throughout yeah and um I think that's seven yeah that is seven yeah so you got Ivan Major Ty Wolfenden, Dan Bewley, Jake Allen, Sam Masters, Bartosz Schmarschlik and Tom Brennan. It's a, it's a, a solid lineup that, you'd have to say. Um, if you're listening to this, and this is the first one you've listened to, the, we um, spoke to Tom Brennan uh, a few episodes back, so please go back and, and listen to that because he's talking about the Speedway of Nations as well and, uh, you know, um, that whole experience for him. And uh, you can't actually see it. Uh, well, you can actually, if you look up on our social media, there's a video clip where he shows off his uh, his medal. But he's he's safe to say he's very proud of that uh, medal that uh, says FIM World Champion on it. It's uh, it's a nice thing to just uh, to have on your sideboard, and uh, especially at that age. And he's going to have a big year ahead as well because he's uh, going to be doing more in Poland this 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 year ahead as well. Um, so we've got your your lineup there, um, which is great. Now, if you were going to change just one rule of Speedway. Uh, there might be a whole raft of them, but what, which would be the first one that you would uh, that you would change? It's not necessarily a rule. It's usually what the clerk of the course is like. So I think everyone, every clerk of the course should know that if you have a second half meeting, don't delay the first half meeting half an hour because the tapes don't work. Just use the green light and sort it out when you have a break sort of thing. Because I was at Berwick and... 
they delayed the meeting about 45 minutes because the tapes didn't come up correctly. But after the 45 minutes had ended, they just went to green light anyway. So it meant that our meeting, their, their meeting was delayed 45 minutes. They also have a curfew, as a lot of tracks do, which then meant we only got two races and I travelled all the way to Berwick from Manchester to get two rides. So, and obviously a, a red car, they try their best. Um, they're very involved with the juniors. And even then, sometimes it can be extremely rushed for us. For us being there from five o'clock to our meeting not being until quarter to nine, um, it can be quite frustrating for us. Um, so yeah, that it's not necessarily a rule, but it's something people need to think about. Just generally being more aware of the second half. Because as much as I'd like to progress out of the second halves and become National League, I still don't want the people that are in the second halves to be affected by our meetings. So making sure that they get enough rides because people travel miles to come and ride three races so and it's and it's the same expense it is the same expense for the the mainstream riders for as the same for us i still have to pay the same petrol money that spend, and i still have to spend the same amount of time on my bike and the same amount of time like getting everything ready the same amount of time waiting in the pits like it's something people need to become more aware of, I'd say. Um, but yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't think of a rule, but that's something definitely that needs to be taken into consideration because especially these second halves are being used to bring younger generation through. It's not, it's not giving them a great um, mindset of how Speedway runs because they're not getting the track time they need or that they've like pay, like got ready for. Because if I go to a meeting, I know I'm doing three rides against usually National League riders, especially in the second halves. I don't want to have to wait, wait around and only have one race at the end of the day just because something's happened. I understand, obviously, if the ambulance has been called because of, obviously, a massive crash. Like, I completely understand, but just small things for the delays and being more aware of us would be something I'd like to see. Yeah, it probably comes down to having like a, a proper backup of everything, doesn't it? Like with tapes, you know, having two sets of tapes like you have in a Grand Prix now that if the tapes don't work, you've got a backup set and you're not like messing about with elastic and all sorts of stuff and WD-40 and a bloke with a rag always usually turns up and starts wiping something and uh, as if that kind of will magic the lamp in some way to make it work again. But you know, that's how speedway engineering sometimes can go. But yeah, having the, or treating the, you know, the second half as um, a bit of a, a bit of a bonus if we've got time is is probably not very fair on the riders who have you know like yourself who've put a lot of effort into getting there and and uh, and 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 need that experience in the track time to to progress as as you well mentioned. Um, have you ever much experience with referees? I'm wondering who might referee any dream meeting you would host. Have you have you, have you got one? I mean, Tony Steele is always the first one to get mentioned, but uh, where would you go? Yeah, uh, I think I I know a referee called uh, Darren Hartley, who's done some stuff for Bellevue and Newcastle, I want to say. Darren Hartley, he's someone that, uh, yeah, 
I think I'd pick him because even though I personally know him, I wouldn't want to obviously have that interfere with anything to do with racing. But yeah, I think he's a really nice guy. I think he's very, very fair. He's very understanding of the rules and how things work. And if someone's been like racing dirty in a sense, he'd always pull them up for it or making sure that no one is moving at the tapes. Um, just things like that. I think, I think, yeah, I think I picked Darren. Good stuff. And um, the final question is, if you're going to pick a team to race against your your seven you've picked, Snack, and this is an actual team that has existed at some point in the sport, which which team would you uh, would you like to see lining up against yours? Well, yeah. So I would go for a pool around. I don't know which one because they're all pretty similar, but from. 2008 to 2015, Poole had very strong teams with the likes of Darcy Ward and Magic being in them. So I'd pick probably one from around there. I couldn't put my finger on which one, but definitely, because even though obviously I'd like to think my team was extremely strong, uh, I definitely think that the Poole team during that period of time was very strong. So, um, yeah, somewhere around there, I'd like to say, just because of the fact of who was in them. Um, yeah, your likes of Darcy Warden, Magic. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably go for them. And Chris Holder and all that kind of era, wasn't it? And Nikolai Clint, I think, were involved at one point as well. So, yeah, some, some good names there. I'd like to think that they wouldn't beat my team, but... Yeah, I'd pick. I'd definitely pick around there. Not if you've got Ivan Major <laughs> and Bartosz Schmarschlik as a reserve. I mean, blimey, it's like it's, it's sort of it's like Peterborough on speed, isn't it? Your team, you've got you've you've, you've definitely looked after the reserves there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Great stuff. Well, thanks very much for joining us, Katie. It's been great speaking to you and um, all the best for the season ahead because it's not, not long to go now. Um, there's some practice sessions, I'm sure, over the, the next few weeks that you're going to be taking advantage of. And then, um, well, the season, certainly at Redcar, begins, um, well, there's the, there's the Stuart Robson meeting, isn't there? But um, the league season will be, uh, will be with you before you know it in April. It sure will. I'm very, very excited for it. Very excited. Good stuff. Well, let's see how it goes for you. And uh, most importantly, r- stay safe and, and ride safe and, and uh, you know, avoid all those uh, potential trips in the back of an ambulance and, and all that kind of stuff because try and keep that medical room for uh, getting changed rather than anything else. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'll try my best. <laughs> my thanks to my guest in this episode, Katie Gordon who is uh, going to be racing for the Red Car Cubs in the second half of, uh, of their meeting. So if you do go and see Red Car at home, don't disappear off straight away at the end. Stay and watch the Cubs because there's some great upcoming talent and Katie is uh, one of those. Don't forget to listen to some of our previous episodes. If you've not listened to, to, uh, to anything for, uh, for a while from us, then uh, you've got a bit of catching up to do because um, the previous episode to this was with Neil Vatcher, the Great Britain under-21 manager who explains much more about the work that's going on in the background and why Great Britain has the best youth system in world speedway. 
Josh Orty joined us before that. Now, he's the man raising the curtain on the British Speedway season in 2022 with his testimonial meeting on March 19th. Find out more about that by listening to his episode. Another meeting coming up at the end of March is the Ben Fund Bonanza, raising money for the Speedway Riders Benevolent Fund. Uh, we recently spoke with the uh, chairman of uh, the Ben Fund, Paul Ackroyd, but um, the episode really more covers his career as uh, a top referee in Speedway through the uh, the 80s, the 90s and the first decade of uh, the noughties as well. We also speak with Lewis Kerr, another man who's got a testimonial at the start of the season, so talking about Lewis Kerr's uh, career. And uh, also in 2022, we've uh, spoken with Tom Brennan, Jordan Jenkins and Jordan Palin as well, some of the rising stars in British Speedway. Do listen to those whenever you can. And we'll be back soon with another episode of Humans of Speedway. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.